7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. Thank you, Greg, and good evening. And thanks, everyone, for staying with us on SAFM and for joining us on SAFM Spot On. Uh, we are officially then less than 24 hours away from the start of the Rugby World Cup. Feel it. It is finally here. I actually can't believe I did that. But anyway, it means that we are 48 hours from the big one. Uh, then between the All Blacks and the Springboks in Yokohama, All Blacks coach Steve Hansen named his team today. He's persisting with Felding, Richie Mwanga and Bowden Barrett in the same starting 15. Uh, Bowden, a two-time World Rugby Player of the Year, shifts to 15 and Mwanga is at 10. So tonight, that's all we are talking about. Then the Rugby World Cup will head over to Japan to catch up with New Zealand journalist George Harper Jr., uh, to get his thoughts on the blockbuster clash, the side named by Steve Hansen and expectations from the people of New Zealand as the All Blacks chase a third straight title, something that's never been done before. From the Springbok side, we'll hear from a member of the 1995 World Cup winning squad. That is uh, the centre, Henny LeRoux, will get his thoughts on the big game as well as the box team that was announced a couple of days ago by Rassia Rasmus and uh, the box chances overall in this tournament. And to find a balance here, our friend of the show, Kanyiso Chwaku, who works as a commentator here at the SABC and also for Tissot Blackstar, uh, will be in studio to give us an overall view of the tournament and we're going to look at the rest of the contenders, not just the All Blacks and the Springboks. And we'll also find out from the bookies uh, on what the odds are for this World Cup. You know, the bookies are hardly wrong. eh? And uh, we'll get their their thoughts on all. Well, we'll get the odds on the game between the Box and the All Blacks because this week, Rassia, um, not Rassia Rasmus, Matthew Proudfoot, uh, the forwards coach, was saying he's not sure who's favorites for the game. It's either them or it's the All Blacks. I know Ian Foster also of the All Blacks was saying, yeah, uh, people can choose the Spring books to be favorites others will go for new zealand to be favorites but we'll find out from the bookmakers uh, who they think will be favorite for this rugby world cup if you want to weigh in on the rugby world cup any comment you want to have call us on 0891 104 207 that's our studio line 0891 104 207 our sms number is 41391 and we take voice notes on whatsapp on 061 4104 would love to get your thoughts on the Rugby World Cup, especially the big one on Saturday. Uh, it's at midday. I think it's 11.45 uh, kickoff there between the All Blacks and the Springboks in Yokohama. Everybody's been talking about the weather conditions. Everybody's been talking about how hot it is or how humid it is in Japan. But as we've been hearing now closer to the big game, it's actually um, expected to rain in Yokohama on Saturday. So the teams are now preparing for wet conditions uh, for that blockbuster of a clash between uh, the All Blacks and the Springboks. But the tournament starts tomorrow at the host nation Japan. Lots of expectations on them, especially after the miracle in Brighton that we all remember back in 2015. So they take on Russia tomorrow. That will be the first game of the Rugby World Cup. So we'd love to get your thoughts. Who are your favorites? Who do you think is going to take it? What are your thoughts on the game on Saturday between the All Blacks and the Springboks? It's a big one uh, because they are in the same pool. And uh, Ireland expected to win Pool A. Uh, so whoever comes second in Pool B will then face Ireland in the quarterfinals. Scotland expected to come second in Pool A. So whoever comes first in Pool B will then face Scotland and you decide which one is the easier route there. So please give us your thoughts. You can send voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. You can call us 891 or you can SMS on 41391. Up next, we speak to Enil Roo.
Tabiso Musiya on SAFM. And I've just seen on SABC on the crawlers that that the box will carry an image of Chester Williams on their uh, jerseys during the Rugby World Cup. I'll try and get more information on that, but it seems like a nice um, gesture then uh, from the Springboks that they will carry an image of the late Chester Williams. And let's speak to another member of the 1995 Rugby World Cup winning squad, Henny LaRue, who joins us on the line. Henny, good evening from us. Thanks again for finding time to speak to us. Thank you very much, Teresa. How are you feeling? Are you excited ahead of the start of the tournament, Any? Oh, very much so. I think we're in for a cracker of a tournament. Uh, if you have a look, it's mouth-watering. There's some wonderful uh, uh, games uh, on the table, and uh, I think uh, we're going to have a very, very interesting World Cup. And as a, as a former player, give us some insight. I mean, what do you guys do 48 hours before a game? Do you still train intensely? Do you watch videos or do you take it easy? Yeah, look, at this stage, you know, you, you'd end off with a captain's run, really just almost jogging through the, the moves two days before, um, you know, getting a feel of the field, the conditions, uh, what what it's like underfoot, um, getting an understanding and a feeling of the stadium and so forth, probably running through uh, some insightful uh, analysis regarding the referee and, and some comments around that. And, and what to be careful of and, and, and what to be aware of. Uh, and then just fine-tuning a couple of things that uh, that possibly could make the difference in what will be an absolute nail-biter first game. Definitely. And we're building up to that big one on Saturday. The teams have been named here. Rossi seems to have named his, his, his squad much earlier, obviously, than the All Blacks. I think two days earlier than the All Blacks. Is that a sign of confidence of a man that knows what he's doing? Well, I think to, to a large degree now, unlike you know the way back when when we played, we were limited with reserves and so forth, and you can rotate reserves a lot easier now forth. So uh, you know, Rusty is a very astute coach. Uh, it's, it's great to have him there. He's a thinker in the game, and uh, you know he's a strategist. So he, he's uh, the reasons why he's he's doing things, and he will try and lead the, the All Blacks into a pattern that. Uh, or draw them into a pattern that he thinks, uh, you know, uh, might uh, might put them into a particular type of game plan. And then he, he typical of him, he will bring some changes on and, and, and hopefully make some impactful, uh, um, you know, changes in the team to, to bring about, you know, the real results and desire he wants in the last 30 minutes of the game. What are your thoughts on the squad that is picked? Has he picked the best match day squad available? Yeah, in terms of the squad, I think we're very much close to that. Uh, I think there's there's a lot of of everything there, and and I think as as South Africa, we can be reasonably comfortable if we've pushed out very close to our our, our best. So uh, I, I think there's there's, there's there's a lot of room for comfort there. Looking at the starting fifteen now, Henny, a lot's been said about the centre pairing. As a former centre yourself, how do you rate this dear Lend and look on your M partnership? Yeah, again, you know, I think Rusty will look at that partnership in the initial start of the game to perform certain duties. Number one, uh, you know, it's going to be very much about channel one play, channel two possibly uh, comes into it. Uh, it's going to be very structured. It's uh, it's not going to be loose. So uh, he will use Delenda possibly to get over the advantage line. 
Um, and, uh, you know, his inside defense has been reasonable. He's a big, strappy uh, fellow. So uh, I think, you know, you're probably not going to look for anything wide and creative in the first uh, 30, 40 minutes. Um, but make sure that our defense is on our place and our structure is in place. And, and that's what I reflect out of uh, the initial center pairing uh, for the first 40 minutes. I was about to ask you, uh, Henny, because a lot of people have this love-hate relationship with Damien. Uh, so for you, uh, what does it bring to the team? Are you saying it's more defense, it's more security in defense? It is a bit of defensive uh, alignment, number one. Number two, uh, you know, he's playing against uh, in a big sense as, uh, as well in terms of All Blacks. So there will be this physical intimidation uh, the possibility is there that he can step and uh, you know get into half gaps. Uh, the All Blacks are very mobile and a very physical side, and uh, you know from that point of view, uh, I think we we can match them uh, for, for, by having Delende there in the first forty. Well, it's it's hard to criticize the team that's been speak or that's been picked with the match day squad, but I've seen there's a lot of talk about the absence of Subunkosi in the whole 23. Is that a surprise for you? Yeah, I mean, Nkosi, uh, uh, I expected him to to possibly play a little bit more of a role, particularly in the first test. I mean, he's really performed well when he came on and, and was mm-hmm. selected. Um, but you know, there's there's a reason why Rusty does what he does, and uh, one never knows uh, exactly what that what that is. But uh, if one takes it on a on let's call it a white page, there are some question marks to your average guy who will say possibly, of course, he should have been in in in, in the starting lineup for for this match. But uh, you know, he 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 may bring something uh, to the fore a little bit later because he has got the ability to score tries that, mm. that very few wingers can score. Franz Stein gets to cover the back line. Some say Elton got a raw deal here. Where do you stand in this debate? Yeah, I think um, given the conditions uh, that we expect, in other words, uh, a slippery ball, it's humid, um, I think kicking might play a bigger role in this game than than what we would normally expect, rain or no rain, uh, just because of the humidity. And I think field position and possibly the opportunity to, to slot uh, a long-range penalty or two uh, might uh, provide or give that option to to Rossi, and I think that's why he he, he opted for for some uh, uh, for someone who, who could possibly bring that dif- differentiator into the into the game. How crucial will Andre Pollard be? Because a lot of people believe he'll be the vital cog for the Springboks. They've tipped him as the man to watch, even in the reviews and that I've read and I've, and I've watched. They're talking about Andre. Yeah, you know, fly-off is, is a pivotal role. Between him and, and, and the inside centre, they decide whether, you know, the balls get run or, or whether they kick. Uh, I think the the level of individual skill and effectiveness that Pollard's going to bring, uh, you, you know, to to the game is going to be crucial. You know, if he has a bad bad game, well, you know, it's going to be difficult for us to, to get out of the blocks uh, effectively. Uh, however, if he produces uh, to his ability, uh, he, he could swing the game either way. He, it's all about taking the right options at the right time 
and, 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 and doing the right thing. So it's critical from, from his point of view uh, to every time he, he, he makes a decision, uh, make the right one and execute it properly. And, and he's probably the most reliable we have. So uh, let's, let's hope he, he, he pulls that off. In the forwards, are there any surprises or do they pick themselves? I see the best is on the bench. Yeah, I think I think it's more or less uh, you know what one could expect. Again, uh, you know, Rashi's got his own idea in terms of of what he wants to achieve, and uh, with the subs coming on. But but yeah, I think that's more or less a, a fair enough starting starting lineup. So how does any little seed going on Saturday then? Well, uh, to be so, it's a, it's an interesting one. Um, obviously, I think the Springboks have got everything to play for it. It's going to be a very, very close game. If one has a look at uh, the last test match, we were, were lucky to, to grab a draw in the last uh, you know minute or so. Mm. Uh, and on the stat sheet, uh, you know, it, we didn't reflect that well. But this is a, a, a completely new game. Uh, we're now not at home for the All Blacks, and uh, and I I have a inkling that uh, we can come up with a surprise or two, uh, which uh, which might just put us ahead. But it's a it's, it's a very very close game. It's a very fifty fifty call. And overall for the tournament, who's who's in his money on? Well, you know, to be honest, we we got to look at the first two tier. Teams and they'd probably look towards uh, consistency and and just raw talent and capability. You, you're looking at New Zealand and you're looking at England, um, and then you've got four teams underneath that: South Africa, um, Wales, um, Ireland, uh, who, who can and, and Australia to a degree. But South Africa is there and there about to the top two. Uh, you know, if I did tier them. Uh, it'd be in that order, and uh, I think South Africa uh, has, has got all to play for. I, I think it's going to be a referee decision. I think it's going to be a bounce of the ball. It's going to be a player's decision, uh, or probably indecision that uh, that brings about uh, you know the winner at the end of the day. Great stuff, Ayani. Always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, thanks for finding time again to speak to us and enjoy the Rugby World Cup. Thanks to be, sir. Have a good one. Thank you, Springbok legend there, Henny Leroux. You'll remember him with that partnership with Yapa Mulder there um, at 12 and 13 for the box. Up next, we'll hear from a New Zealand journalist on his thoughts. Hashtag SAFM Sport On. Okay, we did ask for the voice notes to come through on WhatsApp on 0614104107. We've got a few that have come through and uh, let's go to them. Hi Tabiso, hi Tabiso, speaking to Libra here in, in East London. Can you please ask uh, Henny, uh, why does Rasi Rasmus keep on picking, uh, you know, uh, Franz Stein? Because I think he has a problem with weight. Uh, why does not pick uh, Elton Yankees? Uh, because uh, as, as another fly half there in that position. Um, and then another question is the Herschel Yankees. So what can you tell us about Herschel Yankees? He's a youngster that has just came come into the scene. You know, um, he's competitive now in the team. You know, what does it bring to the team, Herschel Angel? The last question, last question um, about um, the Irishman uh, that uh, has come through Felix Jones. What does, what does it think Felix will bring into the box team? Thank you very much. Yeah, Tabisho, the World Cup is here. We are so excited. The box are in a better shape, all thanks to Rassi. Tomorrow morning, I'm off 
going to upgrade my DSTV subscription, all thanks to SABC. But either way, ala ala this box, ala ala. Okay. I guess that's all I can say to that. I'm not sure if you expect me to answer that. But enjoy the Rugby World Cup, mate. And um, uh, Libra, sorry about that. I didn't realize that your questions were for Henny LaRue, but we've got Kanyiso Chuako that will be in studio with us. Uh, so he's uh, actually going to answer those questions about um, Herschel Yankees and Felix Jones. I think the France Dane, we touched on it. He did say that um, he, he thinks that it will be more of a kicking game on Saturday. And um, maybe that's why they've gone for France ahead of Elton Yankees then. Uh, but now let's hear then from a New Zealand journalist George Harper who is all the way um, in uh, Tokyo and uh, we had to catch up with him just before the show started obviously because of the time difference between us and uh, that part of the world and this was on the back of uh, the coach Steve Hansen and naming his team uh, today so let's hear from George Harper Jr. a New Zealand uh, sports journalist. Yeah well it's an exciting squad isn't it Uh, and a very exciting time but uh I guess not so many surprises, but um, I had George Bridge coming onto that left wing. He's obviously been playing so well that mm. they couldn't bring back Rico Yuane, which is somewhat expected for a southern man like me from the Canterbury region. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, look, I think the the exciting thing about this All Black squad is actually the best for me. Uh, Pera Nara, Sonny Bill Williams and Ben Smith are, are three pretty big names to uh, to be running on there. There's a lot of talk here in South Africa about uh, Richie Mwanga and Bowden Barrett playing together with Bowden at 15 and Richie at 10. How has that experiment been received in New Zealand since it start, since it was started? Yeah, that's been a really interesting one. Certainly the talk of the town uh, in New Zealand. I guess some people have been calling for it for quite a while um, and others are obviously wanting to stick with the two-time world player of the year and Bowden Barrett, but but yeah, it's, um, it's been it's been a little bit stressful for New Zealand fans and a little bit nerve wracking to see us under slight pressure. But uh, I think uh, they've had a bit of game time, uh, and this will be the real test, won't it, against against one of our great rivals in world rugby, the South Africans. Yeah, it did though come together in the drubbing of the Wallabies. Is it a matter of having your best players yeah. on the park at the same time and finding space for them? Uh, yeah, I think it is. Um, with Bowden, he's naturally got to be somewhere, but um, his goal kicking might have let, let him down a little bit, which mm. could have forced his hand because we all know uh, World Cups do most of the time come down to kicking good kicking goals. So um, for me, it's an interesting one. I'm a, I'm a massive Ben Smith fan, so um, and Bowden hasn't played much fullback over the last you know three or four years, so I think he's just slowly finding his feet at fullback too uh, once again. But uh, when it goes right, as you saw against the Wallabies, uh, it can be brilliant. But, uh, yeah, let's hope, hope it's brilliant on Saturday night. You've already mentioned George Bridge, one of the newbies. There are a few newbies. How do you rate that quality on the wings in Savio Reese as well as Bridge? Yeah, well, I've been comparing Savio Reese to Nehi Milner Scudder for when he had a breakthrough year uh, this time four years ago in, in uh, England. So... Sever's an exciting young player. He's, he's got a great story. He's, he's come from, from uh, way back to get selected by the Crusaders. And after one amazing season, he's obviously made the, the big all-black side. So, yeah, I think he's one of those exciting players that could really uh, electrify this tournament and he could make a statement for himself there. Um, and George Bridge, well, he's just a, a great, a great simple, safe footballer, which I think New Zealand quite likes, the people that can make the right decisions at the right time. And, 
they've been doing a lot of footwork training uh, um, pre-tournament, and, and they've found that George Bridge has actually got the best feet in a 5-by-5-metre box. So for him to be able to sidestep uh, is going to be huge uh, on that left wing. Um, also, a lot's been said about the referee, especially from the Springbok side this week. Is it mind games? Are they trying to put pressure on the referees or their concerns justified that there's prefer- preferential treatment for the All Blacks? Oh, look, I don't think I don't think we want to go into the referees. I, <laughs> I, they'll all be brilliant, and it's uh, it's a tough job. But uh, I don't want to I don't want to take anything away from what's been talked about is over here in Tokyo um, as I walk through the beautiful, colourful and bright streets of Tokyo. Uh, it's been talked about as the biggest pool game in World Cup history, so it's pretty exciting. Um, and actually, as I come around the corner, I can see a, a 12-storey advertisement of Bernard Foley, the Australian third yep. five of all people, so that's quite disappointing. <laughs> uh, not the view I want in Tokyo, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's going to be an amazing occasion between uh, two giants of world rugby. And is, is, is the game as big for New Zealand as, as it is for us here in South Africa? Because for us, it's always the biggest game on the calendar when we play the All Blacks. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? Um, we, we love playing the box and, and vice versa. And, and if you look back at our last three encounters, it's been pretty amazing. We've had a win, a loss and a draw. Yep. And um, if you total up all those points, uh, we've got the exact same amount of points as well. So there's <laughs> nothing between these two sides, as you know. And in your opinion, where do you feel the Springboks have improved under Rossi Erasmus? Yeah, that's, that's a good question because uh, I was actually in Albany um, in the in the grandstands after a few few beautiful beers uh, when we put fifty points on you, yeah. uh, and it was it was quite interesting and, and um, I guess unique to watch that because we don't normally expect that with the Springboks. So uh, you've come a, you've certainly come a long way and, and since then and. Uh, and now you're one of the favourites for the tournament. So I, I think I think they've just found their rhythm. I think they've found consistency in their selections as well. And then they've also got that nice little mix of, much like us with Seve Reese, they've got that nice mix of new, fast and exciting players. It's, it's led to, to, to talk that the All Blacks are no longer the huge force that they were or a bit, uh, a bit vulnerable. Is that something that would concern the coach and the All Blacks? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've never, I guess vulnerability is a funny one. Um, everyone always expects the All Blacks to win, and especially if you're from New Zealand. Um, so for us, or for me personally, I've, there is a few nerves floating around, which I don't normally get. Um, and with new changes, as you mentioned, like Richie Mwanga in his first World Cup, these little things add to those nerves. But I guess, uh, I guess we're at the point where you've just got to back, back Steve Hansen and his boys because they don't often let you down. And they're going for something that hasn't been done before, winning three straight World Cup. Does it put pressure on them, or have they embraced it? Yeah, I, I, think, they're, I think they're excited about that, and Steve will love to leave his mark as one of the great coaches if they do do it. I remember, I remember when we were in our drought of not winning a World Cup for 24 years, I, I said to all the boys that if we win one, the floodgates will open. So uh, I've been hoping for three in a row for a very, very long time. But um, look, I think these boys are determined. Uh, we've seen a couple of them over here in Tokyo. They're naturally, everyone's in the zone. So it's hard to split these two teams. And I think the great thing about this is for, for South Africa and New Zealand, uh, it's great that they're in the same pool. We get to play them first up, draw the attention of the World Cup, and then I don't think we'll see them until the final. So uh, <laughs> whoever whoever wins this game is pretty much booking themselves a ticket to the semi. So it is 
it is a big game in the scheme of this tournament. And who starts as favourites then for this game? Well, the bookies' favourite is the All Blacks, um, and, and quite quite heavy favourites as well, which surprised me. Um, but I, you know, I think it's worth I think it's worth putting a little bit of money on the on the Springboks. The, they're ready. They're looking big. They're looking sharp. And and I just think every World Cup game's close. And uh, I think Andre Pollard, uh, with his goal kicking, uh, he's so clinical with 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 boot to ball. I think he could really help you guys squeeze out a tight one. So. Look, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but uh, it's it's something we won't count out because uh, yeah, it's going to be an absolute blockbuster. And and a lot of people have said this blockbuster doesn't mean much um, because it's still early in the competition. But surely it has serious implication on who faces who in the quarterfinals with Ireland expected to win Pool A. Yeah, that's right. So uh, I've been I've been doing a lot of research entering Tokyo, and and uh, it's going to be either Scotland or Japan for us in that. In that other quarterfinals, so uh, with, with full res- with respect for those teams, uh, if you win our pool, you should be going through to the semis. But uh, um, I still think no matter no matter who we play, South Africa and New Zealand are going to be too good for for uh, Pool A in Ireland, Scotland, or Japan. So look, it's um, yeah, it's going to be it could be one of those World Cups uh, where the winner uh, we have a first time winner that's actually lost the game. So uh, you, you never know. Yeah, and as we wrap up now, Mister Harper, um, a gamble was taken as they as they called it ten years ago to take uh, the Rugby World Cup to 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 expose it to a new audience. Do you expect that gamble to pay off in Japan? How would you describe the mood and the excitement ahead of the start of the tournament? Oh yeah, I couldn't be more happy and um, satisfied with the decision they've made. The the atmosphere over here is something special. The city is beautiful, and and as you, as everyone knows, they're great hosts. Uh, so. It's it's seriously electric, and you can sort of feel the buzz in the air is different, and they're just such nice people, and their uh, their stadiums are beautiful, uh, the city's amazing, and uh, yeah, I think all players, fans, and everyone will enjoy it. I think uh, they're going to break records of there's over 400,000 internationals expected to come and view it here in Tokyo, so uh, they're all ready for it. Um, let's just hope all the punters are too. <laughs> Finally, I'm, I'm I'm not sure if you can weigh in on this. There's a big issue here in South Africa with the Rugby World Cup not being broadcast on free-to-air TV. How's the situation in New Zealand when it comes to uh, TV World Cup rights and who's showing it? Yeah, well, that was uh, a very similar scenario in New Zealand. Uh, for the first time, the rights have changed. To, well, not for the first time, but the rights have been taken away from one of our main broadcasters and um, being purchased by one of the competitors. So it's been an interesting topic over there with it going all uh, online. So a lot of rural folk, uh, as you can imagine, and, and the farms around New Zealand are, are struggling and a bit nervous about whether their internet connection's going to be good enough. So, um, yeah, it has been it has been an interesting time, and, and it's funny how the technology changes, and there's certainly a lot of people that, are, that don't like it, um, but I guess they should, should just come over to Tokyo like me and watch it live probably safer option isn't it oh well lucky you George Harper Jr you can go all the way to Tokyo to watch it live that is a freelance journalist from New Zealand there uh, just giving us insight into the All Blacks team uh, the expectations from the people of New Zealand and also what is experienced so far in uh, Japan and it seems like they're going to have a blast at uh, this tournament there everybody that I've seen post or, or tweet or talk to that is in Japan already 
only has good things to say about Japan and um, and and how they've been received and how they've been welcomed there. So it looks like that gamble, that gamble by the IRB at the time, now called World Rugby, uh, will ex- could actually uh, pay off as they try to take the sport to different markets in their attempts to grow the game. Uh, up next, we are going to speak to the bookies. Let's find out from the bookies what are uh, the odds here for this match between the box and New Zealand and also overall for the tournament. Who are the people of uh, betting for? Are they betting with their hearts or are they betting uh, with their minds? And, and then we'll end off uh, with uh, Kanye Sotwaku uh, just to get his thoughts on the overall tournament as we look at the other teams besides the box in New Zealand. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. So these days, there's no major tournament without the bookies. So let's find out then for those who are interested um, in that aspect of the game, uh, what the bookies are thinking. And usually the bookies are always right, uh, hardly wrong when they come to the setup of their of their odds, of their prices. And uh, we are joined now on the line by Lionel Ngube. Lionel Ngube is from uh, WSB. Lionel, good evening and uh, thank you very much for uh, joining us here on SAFM. Good evening, Tabiso, and uh, yeah, good evening, TSOF and your listeners. So, firstly, how is the activity ahead of this Rugby World Cup? What kind of interest as bookmakers are you guys receiving? Well, um, a lot of people are patriotic, so a lot of the money is coming onto the Springboks, South Africa, um, which is it's, it's, it's only fair that people will back their nation. So, South Africa is uh, a lot of interest for a lot of people, uh, but New Zealand, obviously, being that they are the favourites, uh, a lot of interest is on, is on to them. So I would say the heart is with South Africa, the mind is with New Zealand. And then, is that the smart way to go, to bet with your heart or with your mind? Pardon? I'm saying, is that the smart way to, to go, to bet with your heart or bet with your mind? Well, South Africa is actually trying to get to New Zealand right now. So, um, I wouldn't say either punter would be wrong if they bet it with their mind or their heart because uh, if you look at the last two games from the against New Zealand, it's been very close, nothing to separate the two. So if you bet with your heart, you could come out as a as a big winner. But if you bet with your mind, you can also come out with, come out as a winner too. So what are the odds for this big game then on Saturday between the All Blacks and the Springboks? Who's favourite? Okay, the current favorite is New Zealand with World Sports Betting. New Zealand are minus five and a half. Uh, having said that, if you look at the recent history, that five and a half, it means South Africa must not lose by five or more points. Mm-hmm. And with the recent hist- history taken into consideration, that could be good value for, for your pro Springbok uh, punters. Uh, which might find some value in that in those odds. In other words, then, in New Zealand, as the favourites, are expected to win by more than five and a half points? Yes, by six or more. So by by six or more. They need to win by six or more points for that handicap to come out of the winner. Why do you put a half there? Is it in case it lands on that exact spread? Yeah, so uh, the half is, if it lands on five, because it can't land on the half. Yeah. So if it lands, if New Zealand, as an example, went by five, the plus wins that handicap. 
Uh, if they went by six, it's to separate the five and the six. So if they went by six, the minus New Zealand handicap wins that uh, wins that handicap. Okay, and 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 outright, what's the outright betting for this match? Okay, so the outright betting you've got New Zealand at nine to twenty, and you've got South Africa at nineteen to ten. Um, so which is about four and a half to ten and two to one. Pardon? No, I was saying which is about four and a half to ten and two to one. Correct. Yes, correct. So looking at your know, eighty minutes odds, New Zealand are quite heavily, uh, rightfully so. They are the form team from the last World Cup coming into this one. Uh, but as I said, again, um, South Africa have put together a team which which is very well balanced and led by Rusty Erasmus, um, which can actually take on the old black. So you can find a little bit of value in that one on offer. And you can still play with your heart, and the box will lose, and you can still win if if if, if they lose by like three points or so. Correct, hundred <laughs> um, percent. I guess that's what makes the handicap uh, uh, a bit of a nice one to actually punch on because they can still lose, but you can still come yeah. out smiling at the end of the day. And and just overall, what other markets are you offering for this World Cup, or what's being popular? Okay, so what's being popular, obviously, is the outright. Um, your standard uh, long-term for, for the World Cup. Mm. But we do have a lot of specials on offer, such as a winner without New Zealand. For those guys who feel that New Zealand will be runaway winners of this tournament and maybe the price of 15 to 10, which is a 40% chance of them winning, is a little bit too short. They can now go for a winner without New Zealand which will have South Africa as favourites for that, because South Africa are second favourites for the tournament. So South Africa will be second favourites for a winner without New Zealand. We do have a whole lot of other markets, like teams to reach the final, teams to reach the quarterfinal, one up, straight forecast. Straight forecast is a market where you predict the winner and the, the runner-up in the exact order in which it will play out come the end of the tournament. Uh, winning hemisphere. So we have we have a vast number of markets available, and for markets which WSP might not have available currently, uh, we have a request a bid functionality in which you can request whatever market you might be interested in, and we can have that market available for you. Finally, what price is England? Because that's who I like. <laughs> That's who you like. Yeah. Well, they're, not too far. <laughs> they're not too far behind like that. England are 92. I mean, 92. Uh, which is just half a point more than South Africa's price. Uh, so this their third basis for the, for the tournament. Okay. And, and finally, live in play betting. Is that something you do? And how popular is that? 100%. I mean, uh, live in play betting is very popular. Uh, I mean, why wouldn't it be? If you're going to be able to punt on a soccer fixture or a rugby fixture while you're watching the game and knowing exactly what's going on, it does really help your assessment of the bet you want to play. So live and play betting is it's, it's, it's very major. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of money does come on live and play betting uh, along with pre-match. Okay, great stuff, Lionel. Thanks for uh, speaking to us from WSB and enjoy the World Cup. 
All right, thank you very much, Tabitha, for having me on your show, yeah? Thank you, Lionel Ngube there. And the only reason I'm saying England is because, obviously, you don't want to put money on the Springboks because that's just too much a stress. And with New Zealand, no team has won it three times in a row. And history um, is always something that you must reflect on. And when history says it's never been done before, history is usually right. But then again, it's always a great chance to make history. And let's welcome Kanyiso Tuaku now um, here with us in studio. Um, he is an SABC sports uh, analyst, commentator, uh, also, of course, with Tiso Blackstone. We want to get his thoughts on just the other teams in this World Cup. Kanyiso, uh, thanks for joining us and for uh, coming to studio to speak to us. Good evening, Tabi. So you need to remember that the All Blacks were the first team to defend the World Cup. So then, what are yeah. you trying to say? You're saying that they that, can do it three times in a row. There's always history, but um, for some reason, I just feel that I always respect the All Blacks. Never mm-hmm. in awe, always respect. But there, there, there's a sense of vulnerability about them that hey, wasn't available. There wasn't around in 2011. Wasn't around in 2015. In 2015, there actually was a sense of inevitability about the All Blacks. Mm. I think that this, this, especially over the past two years, they've they've had some games that um, were, you'd find that <coughs> they've struggled in. Mm-hmm. But again, look, it, 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 again, it's all about the timing. It's all about the timing. It's all about when you play well. People are talking about the fact that um, the Springboks have had the All Blacks' performance number on the field, beat beat them in New Zealand, drew against them again in New Zealand, lost by two points at home. Um, but again, <clears throat> a lot of opinion that's going around, also a lot of that, that canvassed on, on one of my rugby WhatsApp groups, is that the All Blacks are a team that tends to like to prove teams wrong. They have mm-hmm. a point to prove on Saturday, based on what's happened recently this year, I mean, they were pasted in Perth the week before, and then they turned the tables in in quite a way. Even if you look at the selections um, of the All Blacks now, they're playing with Bowden Barrett at 15, mm. um, Richie Mawunga at 10. Um, everyone will look at the fact that Ben Smith, the world's best fullback, is on the bench. Um, again, look, if you look at teams, teams are trying to have as many playmakers as possible with your midfield doing your hard crafting. But again, if you look at Ryan Crotty, Ryan Crotty is probably your everyman. He can do mm. the hard crafting. He can do unsung the... Unsung hero. Look, he's... <clears throat> I wouldn't say he's an unsung hero. You you notice when he's playing and you don't notice when he's playing. I watched a few YouTube clips of the games he's played for Canterbury and they've looked such a different side with him there. I mean, even if you look at the the Tasman team with the likes of with um your White Crockett's there and all the mm. your David Havidis, your Will Jordans, they look such a, a polished side with all the with all the Crusaders players there. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Springboks approach this game. But I think the most interesting thing and the important thing that they must not underestimate the All Blacks. So so everybody course. talks about vulnerability. Where exactly is this vulnerability that you guys are talking about? Um, performance wise, they haven't been convincing. You know, the All Blacks have that air of of they play with the convincing air where you know mm-hmm. what when they take charge of a game, they they generally take the game home like like you saw in how they dispatched Australia. But I mean, like for example, there's been a lot of talk around um, Brody Retallick's absence. Yeah. New Zealand have lost crucial players in critical World Cups, but that's never been a big deal. We've always got a person to replace. I mean, they lost Aaron Cruden, they lost um, Dan Cart in the 2011 yeah. World Cup. I mean, Beaver, Stephen Donald stepped up. Third choice, Flav. He was actually on holiday, called up, did yeah. the business for them in the final. You find that there's been a lot of talk around. Um, 
Brody Retallick and his absence and how New Zealand base a lot of their go-forward rugby in the wider channels and in the midfield around him. But again, people forget that they've got some very skilled players. But even if Scott Barrett is very good, but does it strike the kind of fear that a Brody Retallick has? I mean, I think, Tabby, so you've played sport before where if a team doesn't pick a certain individual, you're like, okay, yeah. we can relax. The moment that other players playing, you you already start to fear the words that so-and-so is playing. What 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 could go wrong? Okay. We're going to take a quick break. We've just been joined in studio by Kanye Sochuaku, very passionate about his rugby. We want to look at the rest of the teams and we're going to talk England up next. If you are on our way in 0891-104-207, we still take voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. Still counting down to the World Cup. We've discussed New Zealand. Let's talk England. Can you so? I said it's a team I like, and mainly because they've got Eddie Jones, who knows uh, Japan very well. But how do you see their chances, and how has their form been? Look, um, they've the warm-ups have been pretty good. They've played reasonably well. But yeah, they, England are a difficult team to predict because there was a time when they looked like world beaters. But when they played very well, they didn't play New Zealand. And then South Africa exposed them under Rasi. And then they didn't have a very good period. So they've had their one bad year. Mm. So now one wonders whether they are actually starting to find form. So they, they, they're they a very dangerous team. They are a proper proper dark horses. Proper dark horses. So yeah. you do see them going all the way then. Yes. Uh, but I'm not sure if a four and a half to one is worth it though. Nine to they, two. They, if Mario Toje, they, if Mario Toje they, um, that England team plays very well. They certainly like his... his, his is what he is to England, what Brody Retallick is to New Zealand. A year ago, Ireland were mentioned as serious contenders, but now they're number one in the world. People are not sure. Did the Six Nations hurt them? It did. But remember that history has it that Ireland have never advanced past the quarterfinal. Yeah. They, they played the best rugby in between World Cup years. I mean, 2006, they were superb. 2010, they were superb. 2014, they were superb. But in all those years... They didn't make an impact in the World Cup. But they've got a different coach, a uh, different lot of thinking. Um, Devin Toner absent, um, replaced mm. by Jean Klein. Uh, That's South see. African. He used to play for Western Province. Yep. It's going to be... Look, it's... Uh, we'll see. I mean, I remember Devin Toner put Ian Elizabeth to school in South Africa. Uh, we were roundly beaten in this thing. Him, him and Ian Anderson. They were uh, a mean, 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 mean lock combination. So whatever dice that Joe Smith has, uh, has thrown will be seen through this World Cup. Worlds are the Six Nations champions. They claimed the Grand Slam. They crushed Ireland. Were world number ones. But not many people are talking about them. Why is that? Um, Ireland, I mean, uh, Wales. Wales have a 15 that can beat any team. They have a 23 that they compete, whether they have a 31-man squad to win a World Cup. That is a critical question because you can compete with a 15-man squad. You can go deep into the tournament with a good 23-man squad, but you need a 31-man squad where if you lose a key player, someone who can come out of your squad and start and perform as well, it's all about depth. It, and and that, that's been the critical issue. Gatlin's done, Warren Gatlin's done well. Um, we've seen with how Wales have dominated the Springboks recently, but World Cup, seven games, 31-man squad will be tested. They've lost Rob Howley psychologically. Is that a big, um, will that have an effect on them, you think? Well, we can only see. We can only see. We can only see because, again, Rob Howley has been a big impact in terms of, been a big influence in terms of their attack. I mean, he was going to continue as Wales' attack coach. So, we can only see. We cannot because Warren Gatlin is very defensive minded and you've seen mm. how tie how good Wells have been defensively. So we can only see that impact. But again, they could use that as a rallying point to do another World Cup. 
And then we have the Wallabies. No one's talking about them at all. Have they been that bad under Michael Shaker? They did beat the All Blacks this year. Yeah. Wallabies, people need to understand the Wallabies are a proper World Cup team. Mm. They're a pro- thorough World Cup team. 1997, 98, 99, they were okay. They won the World Cup. And they won it very, very convincingly. They were by out and out the best team in the tournament. Even in 2003, they had they weren't very good. Um, it, they were up to their own high standards, 2002, 2003. But somehow, they got away to go to the final. I mean, they competed well in 2007 until they ran into Andrew Sheridan in England. 2011, they stopped, with, along with Bryce Lawrence, they stopped the box in the tracks of the Westpac Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they somehow, they found a way to get to the final in 2015. So never, ever discount Australia in a World Cup. They, it's like the cricket team. Australia were nowhere. Until they yeah. got to the World Cup. And now they caught and they tied the ashes. And they seem to thrive when they are not being mentioned or they're the underdogs or they've got Just their tournament, tournament the sport. Tournament, Australians love tournament sport. France always bring a surprise or two. Can they upset the apple cut here? I can't think. So. I, I can't see them. I can, they, 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 they're properly shambolic. The best players in France are overseas players. It's mm. not their best players. Uh, it, the, the clubs have put a premium on bringing the best overseas players. Uh, and it's it's had a market impact on the on the, the developmental structures. Granted, look, the under twenties are doing very well, but whether they are, they're actually able to graduate those players into a system where they all thrive as internationals remains to be seen. But they are not the France of two thousand seven, the France of nineteen ninety nine, the France of no two thousand eleven, and the France of nineteen eighty seven or ninety five, by that matter. But with the way the pools are set up here, can can they uh, probably put a spanner in the works and upset one of the two teams? They've got Argentina, they've got England in their group. Look, in their group, they will they will end someone's World Cup. But again, Argentina. I, mean, I think if you're going to move, I was on, coming. Yeah, there, but actually. Argent, Argentina scrubbing issues aside, they're probably one of the slickest teams in the World Cup. If you saw how the Jaguars play, yeah. and you they saw are the Jaguars, how, right? Yeah. But you look at how they've graduated their patterns of play. It's literally that same team moving up. So they. They're actually they're a team that of in the World Cups I've grown ever since 90, the 1999 World Cup in particular. They're a team that you do not want to run into when they feel like that they want to play. And especially because they've been together for so long. What about yeah. uh, 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 the Cherry Blossoms? I mean, they produced that miracle in Brighton. They're the host <laughs> nation now. And usually as a success of a tournament is judged on the success of the host nation by the 2010 FIFA World Cup. Can they get out of this group? No, I don't think so. But look, um, if they play, if they're competitive, if it, it, it can only bode well for them. I mean, they've been preparing for this World Cup for years. They should be able to see off Russia. If they lose to Russia, then um, they need to call Houston because they'll have some serious, serious, serious problems. They should dispatch. I mean, of the tier two sides, they actually are very, very competitive side. Even we saw in, in the when they played the Springboks, they've got some very neat structures going mm. there. But whether they, if they can sustain it against um, your island and Scotland, look, if they scalp one of those teams, ah, then, wow. Well, go cherry blossoms. They take on Russia tomorrow, by the way, Japan in the first match. So after everything is said and done, can you? So who's your who's who's your favorite for to win the World Cup? Who do you like? Look, you, you cannot look past New Zealand. You cannot look past um, South Africa. You cannot look past England. This is probably the most open World Cup. Um, mm. Every team, every, every team has beaten each other, except for Wales beating New Zealand. Um, they haven't done that since 1953. Um, Scotland could be in with a chance. But it's a very open World Cup. Ireland will be buoyed if they meet the Oblix. They won't be scared. The long, the long and the short of it is that the Northern Hemisphere teams won't be scared of the Southern Hemisphere teams because over the past three years, they've had their measure. 
A lot's been said about the referees. The box was speaking. Was it mind games? Do you expect the referees to have a big influence? Even NLRU mentioned them. It's the thing with referees. It's it's a it's a tricky one. That do you interpret or do you apply? The rule book I've read I've read it a fair few times now over the the the, the competence course I've been doing. It's it's straightforward. The referees just need to blow the game to the letter of the law, and I think in that way everyone will be happy. Okay, let's hope that every South African is happy at the end of the Rugby World Cup. It is uh, finally here. Feel it? It is finally it is here. It is here, the <laughs> Rugby World Cup. It starts tomorrow with Japan and Russia. And then at midday on Saturday, it is the Springboks up against the All Blacks. We are done for today then. We'll be back tomorrow between 6 and 7. It's an early start every Friday on Flashback Friday. Uh, my name is Tabi Samosia. Thank you to Kanye Sochwaku, Annie LaRue, and uh, George Harper Jr. Uh, and uh, of course Lionel Nube for joining us on the show tonight as we look ahead to what we've been waiting for, the Rugby World Cup. And if you're traveling to Japan, uh, just like Minister Mtetwa and uh, uh, MEC Panyaza Lisufi, then travel safely and enjoy the tournament.